I am the resurrection and the life, saith the Lord. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though this body be destroyed, yet shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not as a stranger. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For if we live, we live unto the Lord. And if we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Even so saith the Spirit, for they rest from their labors. Congregation invited to join in singing our opening hymn, Almighty Fortress is Our God, found on page 688 of the hymnal.
Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, whose mercies cannot be numbered, accept our prayers on behalf of thy servant Stuart, and grant him an entrance into the land of light and joy in the fellowship of thy saints. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated for the lessons. A reading from Isaiah, chapter 61, verses 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our Lord, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. The word of the Lord. We will read Psalm 46 responsively by whole verse. The psalm can be found on page 471 in the Red Book of Common Prayer. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Though its waters rage and foam, and though the mountains tremble at its tumult. God is in the midst of her. Therefore shall she not be removed. God shall help her in that right early. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. reading from Revelation chapter 21, verses 2 through 7. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, 
nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. He also said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. To the one who conquers will have his heritage, and he will be his God, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. The word of the Lord. We will read Psalm 23 from the Book of Common Prayer. It can be found on the bottom of page 476. Let us read Psalm 23 together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, Lord, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Lord, Lord, Martha said. Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, Lord. I'll confess from the outset that this uh, particular story gets my imagination moving. Um, because I believe we can all put ourselves in a place of Martha. We can all imagine, we all know what it feels like to grieve for a loved one and a friend of Jesus. We've all found ourselves, I'm sure, probably at some time in our life, grieving the loss of a loved one and being angry at our mortality. We're going to die. We're all going to die. And it never feels right, does it? Even when we're prepared for someone to die, it's a long illness. We're still not comfortable. Jesus tells her that to believe in him means immortality. But look, her brother is still dead. He's still inside that cave. He's been there four days. Later we'd read... His body has started to decompose and stink. She's grieving and she's angry. And I imagine that Jesus wants to take her into his arms and look her straight in the eyes and whisper something like this. And this will be painful for some of you to hear, but listen to this. Martha, as tragic as your brother's death is, as painful as your brother's death is, this is not the worst thing that can happen to a person. With tears in his eyes and a lump in his throat, He's looking at his friend, and he's talking about the death of a friend. And Jesus is staring death in the face. And he does what one of our priests gave the family to do before we got here, grieve and cry. Jesus weeps. He doesn't weep because he can't do something about it. Oh, he can do something about it, and he will do something about it. But he, he cries because this very thing that he spoke into existence, the creation spoken through him into existence, once perfect, is now perverted. Perfection is tainted. The world is tainted. And the most obvious and painful sign 
of that perversion and taint is death. And we can feel it today. We can feel it today. Something just doesn't feel right. We feel it in our mortal bones. We feel it when relationships are broken between loved ones. We feel it when we get that diagnosis of cancer. We feel it when we hear about war. We know something's wrong. And death is just proof of it. One of my favorite books last year was called The Slavery of Death, written by a man named Richard Beck. And Beck hypothesizes that it's the sense of our mortality that fuels and drives sin in the world. In other words, once we figure out that we're all going to die, we begin clawing and scratching at each other and ourselves in an effort to save off this impending death. Death, we hate it. God hates it. It was never supposed to be this way. So Jesus cried. I'll come back to this. Francis Stuart Harmon went by Stu to avoid confusion of being the third Francis and was known by most of his friends as Stu. Stu was first and foremost, I know this after talking to his family, a chemistry teacher and professor his whole life. He was also a shipmate, a husband. He was married to Marianne for 46 years until her death in 2007. He was a father. He was a father-in-law. He was a grandpa, a colleague, and a teacher. He died last Saturday, and he left behind a big impact. I can tell you after talking to his family this week. The big impact on his family was primarily his love for education and Stu's steadfastness. And we can see that in the lives of the Harmon family, can't we? Everybody that knows Kendall and Elizabeth and their children couldn't argue with their passion and pursuit of education, right? <laughs> I mean, they are Dr. and Dr. Harmon, right? <laughs> it was passed down in the DNA. It was passed down in the DNA. Stuart loved education. Stuart devoted his life to it. And this passion for academic excellence impacted others outside his family. One of his former students actually started a scholarship in his name. Jesus says this about people like Stu in another gospel. These people who are steadfast, these people who stick to the job, these people who go day in and day out doing the right thing in their lives. Jesus says this, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I think Stuart would have been a little embarrassed about the scholarship in his name. I think he would have said something like, that doesn't need to be named after me. You can certainly do a scholarship, but it doesn't need to be named after me. The problem was that wasn't the only recognition of Stu's life. He also won numerous teaching awards, culminating in being awarded the Boshan Loam Science Distinguished Teacher Award from SMU and North Carolina State University. Here's the thing that jumped off the page to me when I read this. The award, you see, was based on the votes of his former students. So it wasn't a peer-to-peer -peer elevation evaluation. It was the students that had gone through his classes who had seen this passion for teaching, and they put Stu's name in, and he, and he, was, he was given the award. Tim Keller is a Presbyterian minister now that everybody in the church loves to quote, so I'm not going to miss this chance. <laughs> Tim Keller wrote this about people like Stu. When we meet our creator, Keller says, he's not going to ask us how smart we were, or how wealthy we were, or how much money we had. Our creator, you see, when we meet him, is going to say, what did you do with those things I gave you? It seemed to me as I pondered Stu's life this week and listened to stories about Stu, he had done just that. He had shared the gifts that God had given him. Jesus says in another place in the gospel, this about people like Stu who share. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. That's in Matthew chapter 5. So it kept coming to me as I prayed and prayed and thought about Stu Harmon that he got that right. He was generous with his intellect that changed people's lives. 
Those of his grandchildren that responded to me said the same thing. This is a quote from Salima. Those days with him on the boat fishing offered me a glimpse of what he was like as a teacher. His brilliance was undeniable, and I can only imagine how much he cared for his students and believed in them, meeting them where they were at, in order to walk alongside and help them. His grandson, Nathaniel, said almost verbatim the same thing, only he ended this way. Grandpa's positive energy was evident in all the aspects of his life, whether it was playing family card games, joking, or his love for his wife. I would always cherish the memories of our time spent on Lake George, his smile, his love of soda, and this is what I want you to hear, and his helping hand was always there, ready to give. So Stuart died last Saturday. I spent some time talking to Kendall about his father and his faith, and then I went off Sunday to preach at another church out at the beach. And it was beautiful, a little windy, but it was beautiful. And our church has these beautiful prayers, and I want to read them to you. For those who do not yet believe, and for those who have lost their faith, that they may receive the light of the gospel, we pray to you, O Lord. Later in that same form, it says, For all who have died in the communion of your church, and to those whose faith is known to you alone, with all the saints, that they may have rest in that place where there is no pain or grief but eternal life, we pray to you, O Lord. You see, in those prayers, the church is trying to offer a hope for people who've not outwardly manifested signs of visible faith. You, church, you see, the church hopes that all people will come to know the saving love and mercy of Christ. The church preaches good news. Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again, especially at a time like this, when it looks so hopeless and death is so final. The last time Susan and I and the Harmons were together for a funeral, it was tragically the death of a good friend of ours. Um, I won't give his name and I won't tell which church it was at, but um, he was a young man that every ordained person dreams of having walk into their office. He was not a believer. Um, he came to Kendall and began to deal intellectually with Kendall about his faith or his lack of faith. He began to join our community and began to walk behind Christ and that miraculous move of faith from his head into faith for, to his heart. Amazing man who ended up falling madly in love with his Savior, was a witness to everybody in our community, and he died tragically. It was a tragic accident. He left behind a wife and children. And we went to this funeral, and we sat there and heard this message. It was essentially, he was a great guy. He worked really hard. He loved his family. All wonderful characteristics. All important things to be said about people. And that's all they said, though. Essentially, the message boiled down to, now let's all go out and be like this person. Let's all go out and be like this person who, who just died. That's not what the church is supposed to do with deference to that church. We're supposed to stand here and talk about the hope that we have. It is great to model ourselves after, after successful people. It is good to be kind to one another. All of those things matter, but they don't deal with the problem in the room because nice people die, don't they? And people who work hard die, don't they? We're all going to die. There's no hope in a sermon like that. Go be like so-and-so. Uh, Fleming Rutledge says this about what I'm trying to say. She simply said, The Son of God did not come to make good people better, but rather to give life to the dead. Not to make good people better. There's no hope in that. But to give life to the dead? There's hope in that. Jesus looks at Martha and says, Your brother will live. She says, I know he will live, Lord. I know he will live. And Jesus then goes on to say, 
Receive me now. Receive me into your heart, and your life will never be the same. Can you imagine what the rest of Lazarus' life was like? He was dead, and he came back to life? There's a, there's a, I imagine the room is pretty full today with people who believe in Jesus. But if you don't believe in Jesus, let me, allow me to say this about the life of faith. Because I encounter lots of people where I'm at who don't have faith and who think this is the end. They'll look at me and say, well, how do you know? How can you be sure? Give me an example that Jesus Christ is real and alive. And I'll give them this analogy. There was a Super Bowl years ago, and there was a player on the Cincinnati Bengals from Somerville, South Carolina. His name was Stanford Jennings. And Stanford had, at the time, this record that happened in the second half. The ball was kicked. He received it on the goal line, ran it 100 yards, and scored a touchdown. The Bengals still lost to the 49ers, but everybody in Somerville screamed and yelled and cheered for Stanford Jennings. That particular Super Bowl, the halftime show, was visible with 3D glasses. And these were the old kinds of 3D glasses, not the cool stuff our kids are using today. These were the ones with the green and the red lens, you know, and they were cardboard, okay? And so what happened at halftime was you were supposed to take your 3D glasses, which you got off the bag of Doritos. I see some of the older folks remembering that halftime. And you'd put the glasses on in your living room, and you'd watch the halftime show with these paper glasses on. And let me tell you, when you looked around, it was foolish. I mean, everybody was these, some people had torn them, you know, they were taped back together. Anyway, so I didn't have them, and I was at a party, and there were 20 people there, and the halftime show began. And these people began to react to the television set. They were looking at the TV, and stuff was happening that was only visible with those glasses, at least it seemed. As the jets went over, they kind of leaned back, and as the singer was singing, and, and the confetti went up, they, and they were moving. And I finally looked at somebody and said, give me those glasses. They can't be that much better. And I put them on, and I tell you what, folks, the halftime show looks completely different. We were looking at the same show. We were all seeing the same things. But with those glasses on, it looked entirely different. To my point, Christ in your heart, Christ in your life, the world begins to look entirely different. Scripture says we're given a brand new life. Think about Lazarus. Did he come back to life? How did it look through his eyes the rest of his life? It was really 3D glasses, I'll bet. It was really 3D glasses. That's the promise that Jesus makes to us. This is not the end. Death does not have the final say. Jesus dealt with that on the cross once and for all. We still feel the pain of it. But death doesn't have the last word for those that believe. Death does not have the last word for those that believe. Paul says this to his friend Timothy about the faith that he's been given. He says, but for this very reason, Paul, I was shown mercy so that in me, in all of us that believe, worst of sinners, Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. So we're saved here. We're given new life here. We have this light poured into us as believers, and then we go out into the world and we share it. Not for our own good, although sometimes it works that way, but for the glory of God. For the glory of God. So I want to end with just that um, commendation to the family and uh, to the friends and to the loved ones. Death does not have the final say. Christ has stamped it out. That verse in Revelation, hear that verse. Jesus will come back one day. He will wipe the tears from all of our eyes. He will have the last say. He will have the last say. Amen. Amen. Let's stand in and affirm our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed found in your book. I believe in God.
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Almighty God, who has knit together thine elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of thy Son, Christ our Lord, grant we beseech thee to thy whole church in paradise and on earth, thy light and thy peace. Amen. Amen. Grant that all who have been baptized into Christ's death and resurrection may die to sin and rise to newness of life, and that through the grave and gate of death we may pass with him to our joyful resurrection. Amen. Grant to us who are still in our pilgrimage and who walk as yet by faith, that the Holy Spirit may lead us in holiness and righteousness all our days. Amen. Grant to thy faithful people pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all our sins, and serve thee with a quiet mind. Amen. Grant to all who mourn a sure confidence in thy fatherly care, that casting all their grief on thee, they may know the consolation of thy love. Amen. Give courage and faith to those who are bereaved, that they may have strength to meet the days ahead in the comfort of a reasonable and holy hope and the joyful expectation of eternal life with those they love. Help us, we pray, in the midst of things we cannot understand, to believe and trust in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection to life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Grant us grace to entrust Stuart to thy never-failing love, to receive him into the arms of thy mercy, and remember him according to the favor which thou bearest unto thy people. Amen. Amen. Grant that, increasing in knowledge and love of thee, he may go from strength to strength in the life of perfect service in thy heavenly kingdom. Amen. Amen. And grant us, with all who have died in the hope of the resurrection, to have our consummation and bliss in thy eternal and everlasting glory, and with all thy saints to receive the crown of life which thou dost promise to all who share in the victory of thy Son, Jesus Christ who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Now may the peace of the Lord be always with you. May we greet each other in the name of the Lord.
may be seated. I want to welcome you all to um, St. Paul's Somerville. Um, this is a, uh, the church where Kendall served for a number of years um, after graduating from Trinity, right, Kendall? And, um, and we're um, blessed to, to have the funeral of his father, Stuart, here today. Um, after the service, there will be a reception uh, for the family, and all of you are invited, and this will be in the atrium of Door Hall. Um, and what, you, what you're going to want to do is, is when we leave, you can just follow us out, and we're going to go in this direction. You'll see that just follow everybody else. Um, there'll be a reception, and the family will be there to, um, to greet you, receive guests after the service. So please, please join us um, immediately following the service. Um, we're going to celebrate um, communion right now, and this is a foretaste of the heavenly banquet, which we all um, hope to enjoy at our resurrection. Um, and we, we've been given this great gift by Jesus that we would get a foretaste of it now. Um, and so we um, will have bread and wine, and we trust that the presence of the Lord is in the midst of us and through these elements that, that grace is, is, is given. Um, and in the midst of all this, this is the Lord's table. So all baptized Christians are welcome um, to receive communion this afternoon. If you're not yet baptized um, and would still like to come forward, um, you can cross your hands like this, and one of the clergy will pray a prayer over you, and, um, and then you can return to your seat after that. Um, I think that's about it. Let us walk in love as Christ first loved us and gave himself an offering and sacrifice to God. All things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own have we given thee. Amen. Our service continues on page 340 of the Book of Common Prayer. If you'll please stand. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is very meet, right, and our bounden duty that we should at all times and in all places Give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who rose victorious from the dead and doth comfort us with the blessed hope of everlasting life. For to thy faithful people, O Lord, life is changed, not ended. And when our mortal body doth lie in death, there is prepared for us a dwelling place eternal in the heavens. Therefore, we with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying, Holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of thy glory. Glory be to thee, O Lord Most High. 
Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. Let us pray. All glory be to thee, O Lord our God, for that thou didst create heaven and earth, and didst make us in thine own image, and of thy tender mercy didst give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, to take our nature upon him, and to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption. He made there a full and perfect sacrifice for the whole world, and did institute, and in his holy gospel command us to continue a perpetual memory of that his precious death and sacrifice until his coming again. For the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks to thee, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Do this as oft as you shall drink it in remembrance of me. Wherefore, O Lord and Heavenly Father, we thy people do celebrate and make with these thy holy gifts which we now offer unto thee the memorial thy son hath commanded us to make having in remembrance his blessed passion and precious death his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension and looking for his coming again with power and great glory and we most humbly beseech thee O merciful father to hear us and with thy word and holy spirit to bless and sanctify these gifts of bread and wine that they may be unto us the body and blood of thy dearly beloved son jesus christ we earnestly desire thy fatherly goodness to accept this our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, whereby we offer and present unto thee, O Lord, ourselves, our souls and bodies. Grant, we beseech thee, that all who partake of this holy communion may worthily receive the most precious body and blood of thy Son, Jesus Christ, and be filled with thy grace and heavenly benediction, and also that we and all thy whole church may be made one body with him, that he may dwell in us and we in him, through the same Jesus Christ our Lord by whom and with whom and in whom, in the unity of the Holy Ghost, all honor and glory be unto thee, O Father Almighty, world without end. Amen. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ hath taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen hallelujah christ our passover is sacrificed for us therefore let us keep the feast Hallelujah. O Lamb of God that takest away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God that takest away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God that takest away the sins of the world. Grant us thy peace. We do not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table. But thou art the same, Lord, whose property is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of thy dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that we may evermore dwell in him, 
and he in us. Amen. The gifts of God to the people of God. Take them in remembrance of Christ, died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Post-communion prayer may be found in your bulletin. Together, let us pray. Almighty God, we thank thee that in thy great love thou hast fed us with the spiritual food and drink of the body and blood of thy Son, Jesus Christ, and has given us the foretaste of thy heavenly banquet. Grant that his sacrament may be unto us a comfort in affliction and a pledge of our inheritance in that kingdom where there is no death, neither sorrow nor crying, for the fullness of joy with all thy saints. Through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. If you'll please stand and join singing our hymn, Summer 680, O God, Our Help in Ages Past. Join me on page 482 of the Book of Common Prayer. Give rest, O Christ, to thy servant with thy saints, where sorrow and pain are no more, neither sign but life everlasting. 
Thou only art immortal, the creator and maker of mankind, and we are mortal. Formed of the earth, and unto earth shall we return. For so thou didst ordain when thou createst me, saying, Dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. All we go down to the dust, yet even at the grave we make our song, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Give rest, O Christ, to thy servants and thy saints, where sorrow and pain are no more, neither sign but life everlasting. And to thy hand, O merciful Savior, we commend thy servant Stuart. Acknowledge, we humbly beseech thee, a sheep of thine own fold, a lamb of thine own flock, a sinner of thine own redeeming. Receive him into the arms of thy mercy, into the blessed rest of everlasting peace, and into the glorious company of the saints in light. Amen. Amen. Let us go forth in the name of Christ. Thanks be to God. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death and giving life to those in the tomb. The Son of Righteousness is gloriously risen, giving light to those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death. The Lord will guide our feet into the way of peace, having taken away the sin of the world. Christ will open the kingdom of heaven to all who believe in his name, saying, Come, O blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. Into paradise may the angels lead thee, and at thy coming may the martyrs receive thee and bring thee into the holy city, Jerusalem. <laughs> 